Tripper Stories. Yo, yo, whole bags. Hope your dicks are ready for another episode of Stripper with Freaking Stories. Oh my god. Ah, uh, that came out of me like fucking water from a faucet. Love that. Welcome back to Motherfucking Stripper Fred the Freaking Dirt Race. Motherfucking Strip Star Race. <laughs> I've had a great week. I don't know about the rest of you. I am living my full lockdown life. Cam has been Cam has been really, really busy, actually. I've made the most money that I've made on Cam this week, ever. Ever, ever. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what that means. Maybe there's light at the end of this tunnel. People are starting to feel a little bit more cheery. I definitely am. Maybe it's, maybe it's just the universe telling me that, you know, if you put some good shit back good shit out you'll get it back yeah that makes sense anyway um yeah so I've had a good week on cam this week I have however uh, I've been touting my wares not on camera but I have been ringing all my friends this week um because clearly I've got a lot of word vomit to get off my plate and I drink a lot of coca-cola and it has caffeine in it apparently um and it makes me mental I haven't had one before this episode because I was kind of worried for what you'd have to witness and endure. Um, But yeah, I mean, maybe it's just been running on empty and the Coca-Cola's helping me out. I don't fucking know. But I've been ringing all of my friends far and wide, holes or otherwise, and I have been telling them the story of the... (gasps) Wait for it. Ugly dick. The ugly dick. Right, okay, so this week... And I've seen a lot of dick in my time, okay? And I hate to speak ill of the dick. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I don't like speaking badly of dick, okay? I like dicks, all different shapes and sizes. It's normal, it's natural, it's fine. Okay, let's get that straight first of all. I'm not dick shaming anyone. I'm not fucking verbally abusing anyone or anything to that nature, okay? This is just, just an observation and a talking point okay and it's a very very interesting and important talking point I feel um I never judge anyone on camera for their kings like I said before what they look like how they feel whatever okay unless it's literally illegal but I do feel like it is my job as this podcast host and all-round positive poly when it comes to talking about our sexual experiences good bad and fucking ugly and today I'm going to tell you guys about the ugliest fucking dick I've ever fucking seen and it wasn't because this guy was an arsehole actually no he wasn't the most polite of human beings but that's beside the point it genuinely filled me with fear when I gazed upon it now when a guy asks me on camera I would like you to watch me wanking right Tommy tanking (laughs) I found out this week that is a way of saying anyway we'll, we'll come back to that in a minute when a guy's like, come and watch me Tommy tanking, Thomas the Tank Engine, wanking, wanking, Tom, Thomas at wank. He's like, I expecting him, him to be this fucking, I don't know, donkey schlong or just really fucking cock confident guy, right? Now, I'm like, yeah, no worries. I don't mind, obviously, if that's your kink. I'm just supposed to sit there and witness the fitness whatever kind of fitness it is, okay? And let me reiterate, for all the men out there that are going to fucking shame the shit out of me for talking badly about dick, okay, I love dick. I am the, di- the dick lover of fucking East London, okay? But this, now, this was something utterly, utterly different. <sighs> okay, so 
I turn on the camera. I just want you to kind of just bear with me a second. I turn on the camera and it looks like he's holding a little medium size. I'm not going to be too mean about it. A, like a rolling pin. Now it didn't have a, it didn't have a head. It just, it was just a bit of, looked like a plank of wood, like a, the end of a broomstick or something. Right. And he's just going away at it, you know, <laughs> wanking away. And I'm like, right. Uh, but I'm like, I, I don't know what part of it, like, it looks like an elbow. I'm not sure what it is. And he's like, yeah, um, it looks strange, but it works perfectly well. I'm like, does it? Does it? And then he shows me it up close. And this guy's foreskin is, like, it's literally making me sweat thinking about it. It's so tight. Like, it's so tight. Like, we're talking, like, spandex over a fucking asshole tight. Like, there's no space. I'm like, where are you gonna come? Is it gonna go into your foreskin? Because I don't see a hole anywhere. Like where? And then he shows me the end of his dick and his dick is trying to get out. Like it's trying with all of its might to get out. I can just see the dick hole, right? And it's just a tiny little dick hole. And like, there's, a, there's obviously like a space in, this, in the foreskin where his dick is bulging out. And I said, oh my God, like you need to, like, are you okay? Like, is this okay? Now, I don't know the percentage of men that have really tight foreskin, okay? I've seen a lot of tight foreskins in my life. And I know that it's you can easily live with it and it's totally fine. And obviously, I don't know this. I mean, I haven't asked a lot of guys, so fucking correct me if I'm wrong and don't fucking burn me at the stake if I say the wrong terminology here, okay? But if you're not if you have this issue when you're a child and you're not circumcised and you grow to be an adult with a big fat schlong and you realize that you can't pull your foreskin over the head of your dick. Do you go to the hospital and, or the doctor and say, hun, I do need to see my dick? Because at the moment, all I see is a flap of skin and that is not very, that's very disconcerting. Also, how the fuck do you clean underneath it? I can't even say it. How the fuck do you clean underneath it? Like, I'm sure there's, I mean, to be fair, I did watch a documentary once about a guy with the, I think it was like embarrassing bodies or something. No, it was something... Yes, yeah, something along those lines in the UK, we have these health programs like doctor something. It was something like that. And this guy came in with a really tight foreskin and like he'd never been able to clean under it. And so when they took it off, they found that there was loads of, <laughs> there was loads of dick cheese underneath his fucking foreskin. Now that is not sanitary. Also, it can't be sanitary for a girl who's gonna fuck it. Might I add? Fucking fuck that dick cheese. I want to fuck that dick cheese. Like, no, no, no. God forbid. So basically, I saw this dick and I saw the, the eye of the dick and it was really trying to pierce through. And it's like, I was basically ringing all my friends. And I was like, not in like a jesting way, but I was almost like, girls, guys, is this normal? And every single person I rang and they were like, no, no, no. So... Basically, the point I'm trying to get to is the ugliest dick I've ever seen. And it was the most shocking. He came back the next day and was like, would you like to watch me wank again? And I was like, no, please, dear God, no money could fucking be worth that shit. And I feel bad for saying it. And I do feel slightly bad because no one should speak ill of a dick. And I love dick, but fuck. And I, and I, I didn't really know the guy. All I did was see his elbow dick. <laughs> I didn't want to be like, do you think you should go and see someone? Because literally, it looked like it was strangling his dick. 
sorry, I had to get that out. That was really therapeutic for me. So yeah, anyway, I keep getting missed calls from this guy and I, I know that he wants me to just watch him wank and I physically, I don't want to be like, okay, you have the ugliest dick I've ever seen and it literally looks like dick cheese is poking through the top of it. Like, okay, as women out there, would you fuck a dick like that? I want to know. Fucking comment. Podcast at stripperstories.com. Email me. Let me know. Dick cheese or not. Would you fuck it? I can't imagine. I mean, I can't imagine myself ever doing it. Like, it would be like a struggle to like give a guy a hand job. Hand job. <laughs> I'm too old for that word. Hand job. Um, you know, some fellatio. Some fellatio <laughs> and a hand job. If you can't t- like lick it, like it's just a bit of skin. Anyway, so I can imagine how really uncomfortable that is for him, but fuck me, to witness it was a like a disaster. So yeah, guys out there, I mean, I would also like to know, how is it living with a type four skin? Everybody does email me about every fucking thing on my Instagram, Stripper Stories podcast. Please fucking continue. Let's have the gossip. Let's fucking talk about it. Um, moving the fuck on, this week we have an amazing guest. And I should, to be fair, I should have, if only I had had him on the podcast after me witnessing this dick, could I have asked him, sir, please, sir, explain the whispering eye. Explain the taut foreskin to me. Because I'm sure that it's, it's more common than, than, than not, okay? But fuck, I'm still thinking about it. It's making my, literally my whole clothes up. Um, this week, we have Jamie Finch from Let's Talk About Sex, Jamie, the podcast now dreams do come true. I have been a fan of this dude for a very freaking long while. We have done a podcast already together, which is yet to come out because he's very organized, unlike some podcasters (laughs) that I will not mention, um, and does things really fucking well in advance. I'm thinking that my episode on his podcast is probably going to come out in 2024, but fucking peel your eyes for it. It was a hoot. I barely remember it because it was so fucking long ago, but I remember it being an absolute hoot. Hoot. Um, and yeah, he's here this week to talk about lots of things. Now, besides him having a fucking sick sex podcast, he talks about his journey with sex addiction, which I personally have never had a conversation with anyone about this um, in such a frank, candid manner. So yeah, it was an absolute eye-opener for me to speak to someone so frankly about a subject that I knew not really a lot about. Um, and someone who, who kind of works in the sex industry and having quite a lot of clients saying that they have a sex addiction, have been on a kind of journey with sex addiction. Um, and now I kind of feel like I understand it a bit better speaking to someone firsthand. So thank you, Jamie, for that. Also, we do speak about the hashtag not all men movement that has been lingering around the clitoris all of our clitoris for a very long time now linked especially in the UK to the Sarah Everard case um that has been ongoing for a while now me and Jamie do have a really kind of in-depth kind of interestingly heated debate I would say um about what it means to be a woman and a man in society at the moment especially alongside all of these very I guess just normal things for women to have to deal with, like heckling and everything else that goes with that. And it being surrounded by a case such as Sarah's, um, which was a really horrific, horrific thing that happened. But obviously no one really knows about it yet. Um, Stay tuned for the rest of the podcast. It's 
something that I've had a bit of trouble kind of understanding, uh, especially when it comes to the hashtag not all men movement and knowing exactly what to say and how to say it to men. So to have this conversation with Jamie was really fucking eye-opening. Um, and not forgetting the little sprinkling of slut, we do talk about a few questions that actually have been sent in from women and getting the man's perspective on it. So guys, without further ado, I give to you, Jamie Finch from Let's Talk About Things Jamie. Today, Chip Stow Rise. We have <laughs> the Jamie. podcast voice like oh, that, yeah. like a, like a switch. You went into podcast it on. mode. Yeah, nice. I actually, am. I'm fucking pro at this this week. Only this week. <laughs> Next week, you'll find me, and I'll be like, no, can't talk anymore. <laughs> Fuck shit. Right, Jamie Finch today from fucking Let's Hello. Talk About Sex. Jamie, welcome right. back. Well, Thanks for back. having me. Of course, of course, yeah, yeah. always. We've, we've crossed paths before. I, I dragged you onto my podcast, and then uh, and then asked you to drag me onto yours. It's very much a one way relationship here, but I'm back. We're just in it, for it. The, in it for the chats. That's it. Yes. Yes. Chats. Oh my God. Yeah. Happy you're here. It's nice to have a dude on the podcast. We never have dudes. Very rarely do we have it's dudes. It's hard, right? It's hard to find guys that want to talk about this shit, right? Yeah. I struggle, 100%. man. Yeah. Whenever I check out other, people, other people's podcasts about sex, I'm like, right, where are the guys so I can steal them for mine? Because no one wants to talk about it. Literally for every 10 girls that want to be on the podcast there's one guy maybe if i'm lucky and then he pulls out before he's, he wants to do it anyway gets so. little blue ball syndrome and just runs yeah. away i know yeah. shit talking of that fun, actually you did grab a few from me grab a few dicks from me um, who was it <laughs> yeah. it was uh diaries the, uh, of discussion yeah 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 yeah. i yeah. love that, that was really fun. Sick. they're great aren't they they're it's really pretty, cool super open yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I was expecting to go on and talk to a couple of lads about like, so I know I normally come on, we'll probably go on to it, but I normally go on to other podcasts to talk about my experience of sex addiction. Yeah. And I really want to talk to a couple of like lads, like two good looking lads who like obviously shag loads of birds. And I wanted to talk about like, you know, um, sex addiction, how sometimes it can be harmful and stuff like that. And they were totally open and woke about it. They were like, yeah, no, yeah, totally. I understand. And like one of them was like very monogamous and like totally understood it. One of them had a kid and like, you know, it wasn't in a relationship right then, but and was having fun. And yeah, they were both like super cool about it and it was a really interesting discussion i learned a lot from that chat actually so yeah thank you for hooking us up oh, no was... of course honestly like when i heard about it when i saw it i witnessed it three little faces in the fucking <laughs> podcast room i'm like oh yes my favorites that's so good <laughs> like men who were like totally open and as you would say woke about talking i don't know why i said that word i've never said that before i'm, I think I'm turning it. i'm turning 30 this year so i'm like quick say young person words to make yeah, you mate. Yeah. let's all woke it up we'll woke it up <laughs> on this biatch no seriously yeah. <laughs> um i'm into it so what would you find uh is the biggest misconception about like talking about sex with dudes like i know you've got this thing clubhouse that you're going on a lot at the moment i've seen that yeah. on your instagram like yeah. people gathering together talking about penis and other things <laughs> like yeah what what is that about? Like, what do you think it is about men that don't they don't talk about sex in the same way as women do? Well, I think it's um, it mainly stems from it being kind of a competitive thing. So, from right. from my background anyway, um, like grew up in Southeast London, very working class, and the kind of so I don't know what it's like in kind of other you know microcultures or whatever but in my area it was very competitive and it was very kind of like it felt like a numbers game and my dad instilled that in me um, um i love my dad he's a he's an amazing dad he did a real good job bringing me up despite what you might think uh he's awesome <laughs> Um, but one thing that um he did do was yeah kind of instill this like value of um sex and, and girl attention um right. Uh, in me and kind of like uh, you know if I would go out and play football with my mates and I'd come back home and I've been gone for a while he'd be like oh be around a girl's house 
And then when I would say, no, I was playing football with mates, it always felt like it wasn't quite as good. Um, so I think it comes from that a lot of the time. In my experience, anyway, guys talk about sex. It's very much like, a, oh yeah, I got with her. And that's kind of the end of the story. So like, you know, they'll talk about how they how they got with a girl and that sort of it. Whereas when girls talk about sex, now I, I, I have basically only girlfriends it's just a, it's a weird thing that's happened to me i don't really get on with guys very well <laughs> so i've had loads of girlfriends so i know how they talk about sex quite well and they go into detail and you know when you guys talk about talk about sex um you know that you had last night you'll be talking about you'll go into you know your friends will ask for more information like you know what positions how was it was he good what did he smell like you know <laughs> what did he do yeah um, which is basically what you're part of what your podcast is built on right is yeah. these girls talking about yeah, um, yeah these details and i think yeah so girls go into details so i think they have a better vocabulary when it comes to talking about sex um and just like you know they they just talk about it more and it makes it makes them better communicators whereas yeah guys it's a numbers game i think obviously yeah. i'm talking in general swipes here but yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what i think yeah of is. course and so so you say your experience with sex came i mean that kind of feeling about like it being a conquest and it being like mm. a girl being like a number came from when yeah. you were younger i mean that does happen mm. quite a lot like for me personally i grew up in a very like religious background where sex wasn't really talked about at all at all so right. i didn't have any yeah. um sex ed you know so me figuring all of that out on my own came from my like childhood so isn't it funny like i find it really fascinating that we do take on the like adopted like learnal learnal carnal shit from your parents don't you you do really learnal like carnal shit yeah learnal carnal shit do you know what i mean yeah. so i mean talking about learnal carnal shit <laughs> sex addiction let's get straight into it i have never yeah. had anyone on the podcast that's ever had sex addiction or have ever experienced it themselves has or ever said yeah has ever realized it ever realized it yeah exactly yeah. um or has ever you know um been part of you know, the conversation on my podcast. So yeah, fucking, I'd love you to just shine some light on that for my listeners. Cause I'm, I am clueless. I mean, mm. I obviously know what you see on the movies and like what you would call sex addiction. Is it like watching too much porn or is it watch or is it having sex an X amount of times a day or how many times do you think about sex? Is it, I mean, give me some like details on that. Like for someone who is literally yeah. clueless. Yeah. Well, um, first off it's a spectrum um i think and you know there's sex addiction porn addiction is part of it um there's also love addiction people that are you know addicted to being in relationships and i think we've all got friends that do that i'm definitely one of them you know you have a relationship and then once one ends you're into another one and you're in another yeah. one and yeah love addiction can be part of that um so it's a big spectrum um and i can only talk about my personal experience of it um everybody deals with it differently um and everybody experiences it to a different level so yeah but my my experience um basically stemmed from uh i was so i i've sort of in my early 20s i was a prolific cheater i'd be in my relationships because that was the relationship that i thought was you know that's what you, that's what you had to do yeah um but i, I would want to have sex with old people um and i would cheat loads and then um in my kind of mid to late 20s i re- i discovered things like open relationships and polyamory and all that stuff so i sort of explored that and was like okay this is what I want to do but in my head I was like well I'm going to end up in a monogamous relationship once I meet the right person um for me a girl once I meet the right girl I'm gonna that's gonna be my like ending relationship um and it'll be my soulmate and it'll all click and everything will make sense and I'll stop cheating and it'll be great and then I met a girl who I very much considered to be my soulmate um I never believed in soulmates before then and then I met her and was like oh that's what it is this is it this is the this is the person that you know I I I'm going to meet. And my brain wasn't clicking into monogamy. And I was like, hello, this is the part where I stopped wanting to fuck other people because I found that girl. She's really cool. Um, And uh, so I ended up going to get uh, counseling to make myself monogamous, which is a 
very weird idea and concept, I think. Um, but not impossible because you have, um, you know, couples counselors deal with uh, infidelity all the time, right? So I, I guess it's kind of normal, not normal, you know what I mean? Quite uh, kind of usual to to see kind of guys going in like, I love my wife and I keep having sex with other people. Please help me with that. So that's probably a thing. But for me to yeah. go in as like, a, I want to not have these urges anymore. I want to just be monogamous forever. Uh, was probably quite a big, big kind of expectation to have on myself. And I, so I did about six months of counseling um, for that to try and um, reduce my sex drive is what I thought I was doing. Right. And then I kind of realized that that's not what's happening. Um, I'm not having sex because I like having sex loads. I'm having sex because I'm seeking validation. That was my big thing. Um, and people have different reasons for why they might be pursuing these kinds of things. But I was, I was basically, you know, damaging relationships and friendships, um, because I needed to feel wanted by women. And even if I had this one person who was, you know, in love with me, we were in a relationship and whatever, that's great and everything. I had my like love box ticked, my nest box ticked. So I had, I had this, all this, this thing over here, but I still wanted validation. Like I, for most of my twenties, my full-time job was uh, being in a band. Mm-hmm. And then when it wasn't, you know, it's like, now I've got a sex podcast. Like a lot of my life is like, look at me, uh, <laughs> unintentionally. Like, I don't, I don't mean that, but like, that's sure. clearly what I'm clearly <laughs> seeking something. Um, so yeah, so my counselor ended up, I had various counselors. I've got, I've been going, I've had weekly counseling for three and a half years straight now. Um, and through that time, I've had about 11 different counselors. Um, I'm a big kind of supporter of that as well. If you, if you've tried counseling and you didn't get on with a counselor very well, you didn't like it didn't click for you, you should try another counselor. Um, yeah. I'm a big, I think, but oh, sorry, I'm going on so many tangents. No, no, um, no. Yeah. So, so, go, uh, go for it. Okay, good. Uh, so yeah, we basically got down to, yeah, um, the reason I seek sex with so many people is because I, I, I need validation. Um, and it like, and it was happening everywhere. I, I really struggled to find a relationship that I had with a girl that didn't have sex involved at some point. Like even like, work relationships you know uh i say work you know when you work in music industry you don't meet many people you kind of you have your unit and your team that you work with that's about it but like i'm um, outside that friendships like every time i met a girl it was like a kind of okay how so how am i gonna get this girl to want to sleep with me you know um and i really had to learn how to get validation through other means mostly through myself um and through my work and stuff like that like um even someone like you reaching out for me for the podcast and you know you're kind of you've said that like you want to do it because you like the podcast and you know I'm a guy talking about sex and stuff that should be enough right I should be like oh yeah that's like that's good like she really respects what I'm saying and what I'm doing she respects my work but it's still a part of me that's like but does she want to sleep with me though and I I have that with everyone um and it and it sucks but um yeah the counseling has kind of helped me um like work through that and uh yeah you have to learn to it, it sounds a bit cliche but it's so true you have to learn to love yourself um and when you do that loads of other things fall into place um but yeah so I've come a long way I'm very I'm very proud of myself um when lockdown happened it it was like it was a big turning point for me because it's kind of like for people that are trying to not have sex and suddenly the government says you can't have sex (laughs) with anyone that you don't live with the sex addicts that's like oh shit okay this is gonna be bad but for me it was a good sort of time it was perfectly fine for me luckily um and it challenged me and then I went the first like six months sort of you know handling it and feeling okay about it and it forced me to kind of um work on myself and and feel validation for the stuff I'm doing on my own you know Mm. I don't need a girl to 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 want to fuck me you know for me to feel good um and the kind of and now I'm a I'm a you know how how long did I say three and a half years down Mm. this path um I feel like I'm kind of I'm I'm in control of it but it's always going to be something that's there for me 
Um, and I need to be really conscious of like why I'm having sex and make sure I'm doing it for the right reasons and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, that, I'm, I'm really rambling, but that's, that's my kind of journey. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was all about validation. It was all about, you know, you feel good. When, you feel good when people want to have sex with you, um, yeah. which is fine. And that's also, that's one thing I want to make super clear as well is that is cool. Like that is totally cool. When people want to have sex with you, that's a really nice feeling and you should feel good about it. Um, but you should be able to get it from other places as well, you know, like yeah. from your work and your friends and you know, whatever else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like, I kind of, um, I kind of tapped into that a little bit because when I was single and I first came out of a relationship and I realized that sex wasn't just supposed to be monogamous, kind of similar to how you felt. Like I was fucking everything, everyone. And I, I did realize it was a little bit less to do with how much I wanted to have sex, but more about like wanting to feel wanted. Yeah. And, you know, I can kind of, I can kind of, you know, feel what you felt a little bit there. Like I, I can identify with it. And I know that like, obviously you're talking about it and lots of podcasts and it's like something you're very open about mm. um moving like more into that like when it came to being in that relationship with that girl and you realize like oh fuck this is like I'm only supposed to want her pussy but yet still I am you know seeking it from other avenues how did she handle that how was the relationship able to like progress or at least sustain itself while you were having counseling like were you very open about it was she very understanding um yeah did it so work out yeah, it, it didn't work out, um, but, which was really odd. And I, I'm still kind of, this was years ago, so it was like probably three years ago. And I'm still kind of sad about it because, um, uh, which isn't like me, I, I, tend to, I tend to get over things once they're <laughs> over. But like, um, yeah, because she went into similar counseling um, at the exact same time as me and she ended up um, having an affection, they class it an affection addiction, which is similar to a love addiction of like, she just wants someone around to, you know, to hold her kind of thing and she doesn't feel safe without that or doesn't feel validated about it, or whatever it was I don't know we didn't go into too much detail um it ended not long after but I was like when I when I told her about the sex addiction stuff I was like oh my god this is amazing like I found this thing like this is why I've been weird for t- eight years like it totally makes or longer than that it totally makes sense um and she had the similar thing so I thought like okay well we can both connect over that but um yeah the counseling just sort of took us in separate paths I think she ended up stop stopping her her therapy um so yeah, that's her decision. That was her choice. She, she went mm-hmm. off that way. But I, I've very much been battling it and um, talking about it loads <laughs> since. And uh, yeah, so we took different paths. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think uh, she, she was also, which is another thing we'll, we'll, we'll bleed into, I think. She's also monogamous, like very monogamous. And she was certain about that, which, which was cool, which was really great. Yeah. Um, and I think once I kind of opened myself to this world of, you know, making a sex podcast and talking to, you know, freaks like us have all these different experiences and like you know thoughts on the world and I realized that open relationships and polyamory are a thing and I was like oh I kind of want to explore this way and she was yeah. very much monogamous and went that way and I, and I think that's really cool um yeah yeah, yeah absolutely so let's talk a bit more about that because I've got a few friends who've like dabbled in that world um and I don't know any successful relationships personally for me in my lifetime and like in my circles of friends and my like community where people have had successful polyamorous relationships they'll Mm. kind of like dip into it when they're feeling it in in that time in their life and then they will kind of wave back into it and then as they're older they'll turn into the monogamous standard what is you know the standard relationship how have you kind of um navigated into that and do you see yourself staying in it while you're happy and do you feel like fulfilled in that respect uh give me a bit more info yeah it's hard man like it's such a interesting world and I feel like people are just like us as a civilization are sort of uh (laughs) you know just getting into it in the last sort of 10 years 
Um, because like I say, at the start of my twenties, it was, it wasn't even a word, like open relationships yeah. weren't a thing. Like it was right. maybe swingers, you would say swingers, but that was like old people, you know? And it was uh, also like making it almost all bad, like kind of having yeah. to like swing around in, in secret, in special yeah. houses, you know, designated yeah. areas for the swingers. Do you know what I mean? Cause yeah. they're weird. I don't like that. And I don't yeah, like yeah. the same thing that they have about polyamory as well. It's like they're abnormal. Like this whole like chat around this, like I think it's all about the people and how people feel in their own relationship is consensual and it's not they're not hurting anyone else. Then they should fucking go for it. So absolutely, yeah. What, I mean, what is a normal polyamorous relationship with people who don't know? And like, what would yeah. be a successful one? You know, <laughs> in inverted commas, you know what I yeah, mean? So big like, old inverted commas. Yeah. yeah, I mean the thing. So quickly before we get into that, so yeah, when you say about like you know it's seen as bad or like yeah. kinky, like swingers were seen mm-hmm. as kinky, right? I think like um it's kind of it, it goes both ways which which is upsetting because i for me i think that like there's a menu we're all looking at and monogamy is one of them polyamory is one polygamy is another one you know um cuckolding is on this as like a side dish um, yeah. and i think that they're all valid they're all fucking cool like and if and if someone is like I am monogamous and this is what I am forever. I think that's just as powerful as someone who, you know, tries polyamory and then goes back to monogamy or stays polyamorous or whatever. I think it's all cool, but there's definitely like from both camps, like I've had, when I talk about it um, with with girls who are, you know, uh, I've, I've been on dating apps while I've been in a relationship and my profile will say in an open relationship. And then I get loads of hate uh, from girls who, you know, will be like, that's, that's just cheating. You've just oh. found a way to cheat and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, and there's, you know, there's, I've seen in the polyamory community, there's anger towards monogamy as well. Um, they, some, one group I was in like a polyamory, this is the thing as well. When I was looking into polyamory, I joined this like workshop thing. that was like teaching you how to do successful polyamory, polyamorous relationships. And uh, yeah, they were like, they called monogamous people normies. And I was like, that's like calling them muggles. Like it's, it feels like a, like a, a slur. Like, I don't know. I just think, I think, I think it's beautiful if someone can make monogamy work. That's, fucking amazing and equally polygamy polyamory if you can make it work you're amazing and you're you know very good but it's not like a lot of people think that polyamorous people see it as the answer and they see that monogamy is wrong and i don't think that's to- that's true at all. like vegans do you know what I mean? I was like, get in our camp. And if you're not with us, I will fucking make you eat the fake bacon. Bacon is the way. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. It's almost like that kind if of thing. Yeah, man. If you're vegan and you like it, then fuck yeah, go be yes, vegan. But exactly. I like chicken sometimes and I want to eat that too. And yeah, and I think, yeah, it's it's obviously a stereotype to say that vegans are like that, but you know, a lot, a lot of people are not. And yeah, and I just think that... Um, it, monogamy has a bunch of problems like yeah. you like if you're signing up to a monogamous relationship you're never going to fuck anyone else ever again probably technically you know on paper yeah um but and, and that's and i think that's a problem for some people but if you go into open relationships that's not like you haven't solved those problems you have just have a new set of problems you know now you've got jealousy as a part of your relationship and you know yeah. so they're all just different problems and uh we have to just be ready to face them basically but yeah sorry um so what yeah. makes a sexual successful a sexful what makes a sexful <laughs> it's just full of sex just from all yeah. over the fucking world just yeah that's it fucking everyone just yeah love it um i would just say communication like my, yeah. my limited experience with polyamory and open relationships it's just communication setting boundaries is super important knowing mm-hmm. what you can and can't do and understanding like what your partner wants to hear and what they don't want to hear because the thing you always i always hear anyway when i talk to people that have tried it and it's not gone well is that they you know um they want to talk to their partner. One of them will want to talk to the partner about all of their adventures that they've gone on. They'll want to go and fuck someone else and then come back and tell their partner about all the details. And some people love that. Some people get off on it um, and that's cool. But other people don't want to hear at all. I'm in that camp. I'm in the kind of um, ignorance is bliss camp. And that's always my number one rule in an open relationship is like, 
I want us. And then when you go do stuff, I want you to go do that. And I don't want to know about it. And I want you to take like extra care that I don't know about it. And I'll do the same for you. That's my, the way I do it. Um, but some people love it. Some people, I know, I know couples that, um, really want to hear every detail, like every detail. They want to see pictures, like they want to know where they're going and like, you know, was the food nice? And they and they love it. Um, and that's cool too. But it comes yeah. down to communication. And the sad part is, it's kind of a contract that you're signing up to. I think any relationship is kind of like a contract, right? Um, if you're monogamous, you're signing up to, well, this is the only penis you're going to touch for the next yeah. however many years. <laughs> um, and yeah, you just need to like word it. And there are so many different nuances and so many different rules. And uh, read Amber from uh, the Fuck's yeah. Given podcast. She yeah. uh, always says how you set your own rules. Like you make your own rules in these relationships. There's no one standard. Monogamy, there is a standard because we've, we've practiced that for years, centuries, millennia. I don't know how long. Uh, humans are used to monogamy. So we all know what those rules are. But these open relationships, polyamory, they're all new. And um, we need yeah. to just like figure out what the rules are. And everyone's different. And it's all, you know, jealousy is a big thing. And, you know, yeah. So, okay, so walk me through it, okay? So for people who are listening to the podcast, all the listeners out there who are like, oh my God, we just love penis, just one penis or one <laughs> vagina. How would you go about, okay, so you're on a polyamory, uh, polyamorous dating app or you meet someone and you try and talk about how you feel about things and like, you, obviously you are really open about your sex addiction, which you are fucking sick and you got over it or you're, you're working mm. through it. And so all of these things are just you and you're, you're just owning it all, right? So, you, so I'm guessing you just go into these conversations with people and just say, this is how I feel, just like your boundaries. I don't want to know what's going on. It, it, that almost helps with making the successful polyamory relationship like good for you, yeah. right? So Laying it all out, go, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So how would you go into it? If you like met a girl and she was at a bar and you were just like <sighs> trying to trying to like chat her up, would you go in there and say, this is how I feel straight away and just like you said, yeah. communication? Or would you just be like, because uh, obviously naturally that girl at the bar would be, you'd think if it was like type A person or the normie, she'd be a monogamous person. So you don't want to like mm. over promise and under deliver almost. Like yeah. how do you go about it? It is awkward because um, I've definitely done it a few times and it's gone yeah. horrifically and other times it's gone amazingly and, and ended up and I've ended up with two girlfriends in one in one stage and it was like, okay, that went well. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't, I'm probably not the best person to ask, but I would say that um, we're in a world now um, where, and I think this is especially a London thing or like a, a big city thing where most relationships, based, I'd say 90% of relationships that we, that we start are starting on from a casual sense mm. um, for the most part. And yeah. I think that's a, that's a benefit in this world because, um, you know, you're just, you're just shagging someone and, and it's fun. Yeah. And like you go on a couple of dates and you, you hook up a few times and then you can see what happens and it might fizzle out and that's okay. I think we're getting quite good as like, as a civilization now of like understanding that things ebb and flow. And sometimes, you know, fucking people can end in nothing and that's okay. And, you know, as long as everyone's nice about it and you tell, you know, no ghosting, um, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think like if something's starting like that, then you can just sort of take it slow and see how it goes. You don't need to be like, Oh, uh, you know, here's my, here's my five year plan. I want to have two more girlfriends <laughs> in that time and all this. Um, so I think you can start casual and just work up to it. Um, mm -hmm. On the flip side, if you already have a girlfriend or boyfriend and you you do this, it might be worth saying it a bit sooner. Um, I don't know. I guess it depends what your intentions are. I think if you're if you've got a boyfriend at home and you've gone out and and you're in an open relationship and you want to go and like shag the guy at the bar, I keep saying shag. I've not used that word in ages. You bring it out at me. I don't know why I say it. Just around love you. it. Just fuck the guy at the bar. Oh yeah. 
uh, <laughs> then um, yeah, I think if it's just like a, a hookup, he probably doesn't need to know you have a boyfriend. If, then if he wants to see you a second time, then maybe you start saying, yeah, I've got a boyfriend. And you know, if that's cool with you, we're open and it's cool with him, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. I'm not the best person to tell any. To well, you know what? <laughs> I think it's just down to the person, isn't it? The situation. And like you said, communication yeah. is key. So like, okay, so give me some details. What is the most amount of girlfriend, I can't speak, that you've had? been able so to handle making, at once you're making it a numbers game again yeah but i'm just saying gangbang city does it happen <laughs> <laughs> i'm just wondering Wait, do you mean in the relationship or do you mean like physically so you say like, girlfriends sex. this almost reminds yeah. me okay this is really awful of me but you know that there was that program on tv and it was about like um i think it was like mormons or some shit and they were like like yeah. 25 wives polygamy yeah yeah, yeah polygamy polygamy yeah just yeah. how clueless i am i'm the monogamous girl in the camp over here that's not really yeah that. no that's cool you know what yeah. i mean but um so okay so that reminds me of that so I, you, do you call them all girlfriends or do you just call them like your girl? Well, I, or like what's the t- yeah. term for them? Like your wives? Yeah, <laughs> my limit, my experience on this is super limited. I've only done it once and it didn't go very well. Uh, really? So, but at the time, yeah. Like you're super, but you're super like engaged into it and you're like super like down for it. And I, I think I really fucking rate that. This is me, like the stripper over here. Like, oh my God, what does that mean? Teach me master. Yes. <laughs> How does it go for you? Like, honestly, um, I think even if it went badly and you're still down to do it, that's fucking sick. Yeah, well, don't get me wrong. When it went badly, I wasn't down to do it for a long time. I've only just recently started thinking about maybe I'll do that again one day. It went yeah. fucking bad. Like, Why? Oh my God, tell me the details. I can't go into too much details. But basically, I, I, had, a, I had a girlfriend and we were open um, for a long time. And then um, I met someone else. And like as I met other, other girls, you know, and you, you have like your string of one night stands or whatever and then it kind of fizzle out yeah. um and i had this like one girlfriend who i you know loved and adored and went back to um one of those one of those other girls sort of it became a bit more and there were feelings involved um and right. then eventually you know we we saw each other a couple times and then i told her that i had a girlfriend and you know but we were open and then yeah what i should have done is you know been like okay so I want this to go further. So we should, we should talk about it, you know, away from each other and then potentially talk about it together. Like some people like that as well to have like a, every, all three people come together and I should have, I should have explored feelings properly, but it was all very new to me. And I was just like, ah, I like you and I I love her. And And, uh, it all felt a bit. So they were like, and then it was in the middle of lockdown and there was a massive health scare that happened to one of us. And yeah, it was a mess. So I can't give advice, but what, (laughs) I can give advice from my mistakes, which was um, I didn't communicate things very well and I wasn't very open. When I think like, if you imagine, if you can, if you're a monogamous person, you can get your head around the idea of like being in an open relationship, right? So you have an easy way to think about it is, so you're, you're in a monogamous relationship now, right? Yeah, but like then I have discussed with him and it was very, very fucking early on. I was like, look, if this ever gets like to a place where, you know, it's a long-term thing, like we're talking like not just in the honeymoon phase of the couple of first couple of years or whatever, I don't really see myself just just being able to fuck one dick for the rest of my yeah. life, right? But mm. I, I will start off in a monogamous way. That suits me best. It's almost like getting to know that person, just you and you and I, right? And yeah. then as you get older and things are a bit more comfortable and you feel like you're secure in that relationship, I'm definitely open to more swinging than polyamory, I would say. It would be yeah. more like a kind of experience between like me and my partner and, and another couple or something. And then we yeah. always come back together. Wouldn't be having okay. separate situations. Yeah, yeah. So that, that sounds good. That sounds like yeah. you've got, or you're, you're at least building a very solid foundation there. Right. Yeah. So, cause you've got your, you've got your thing that you fall back to, you fall back on your relationship that you've been yeah. building up for those years. Okay. So let's yeah. just like, 
imagine for a sec so we fast forward so you've got that solid foundation you're very monogamous you know you live together you have done for years and it's Mm -hmm. all great Mm -hmm. um and then you go you go to a swinging party and you get with a couple and that's great too and then you go to a few more swinging parties and then you meet the same you you say you get uh, another girl involved which is quite common uh uh, the FFM they call it uh, threesome two yeah. females and a male um, and you get another girl involved and then if you see her a few more times and you start to like her and you start to build up a, a bond right as you do when you sleep with even if even the most casual sex if you do it with someone two three four five times yeah. you start to form a bond even if yeah. you just show up at their house fuck them and leave there's still a bond there and yeah you become, there is you become mates or at least a connection mm-hmm. so, so imagine then you and your boyfriend have this this girl there mm-hmm. um, and then you know she comes back more often you, you build up a bit of relationship there doesn't feel like so much of a leap into that then does it if you were sort of like well she's around all the time should we have her around for like dinner and sex next time and then it expands into like okay maybe she should be part of the relationship you know yeah I completely agree but then for me I would see it as even though I like women and I'm fascinated and I've I've had like female relationships in the past now it would almost be like I don't know why this sounds really like carnal and like old age I would need a dick there too it's almost like whatever he's got I need to have the same and it wouldn't be more it would probably be also because I just love dick like I wouldn't want to be in a relationship like an FFM relationship I would have to be two guys and me okay (laughs) yeah that that would make me most yeah well that comfortable if you know what I mean but yeah totally well that works too so you yeah sorry go on no you go you go so yeah using that example all I was saying is you know how would you kind of approach that you know it would the way I explained it it's like very slow slow you know what I mean it's like baby steps and yeah this guy this guy starts coming around a few times a month and then it becomes more regular and then you develop feelings you know but then how would it work with if if it was like two people and two people is that it would polyamory does it work that way as well when there's like loads of like two guys dating the same two girls is that a similar thing does that happen a lot sounds kind of fun yeah i think like it's polyamory just means multiple loves and that can apply to anything like whatever the situation is you know you could have an an eight-way polyamorous relationship if you really wanted to if everyone loved each other then yeah yeah. so polyamory just means multiple loves which is how i connected to it in the first place because way back from when i was like 15 um, and I had girlfriends that I loved and, you know, the, relation, the relationships were great. Um, I would meet other girls and start falling for them as well. But then my monogamy programming was like, this is fucking wrong. You're just a cheater and you should end the relationship. And then I end the relationship, you know, I didn't have mm. the kind of awareness that like, while I love this person 100% doesn't mean if I love someone else. I love the first person any less. Yeah. And that was always very true for me. And I do think yeah. that's kind of a, like a, it's a, almost like a chemical thing in our brain. Some people can do it and some people can't. Like if yeah. some people start to fall in love with someone else, the, their first love diminishes. And that's okay too. That's just how you work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, the word polyamory, I was like, ah, that's what it is. I'm fucking polyamorous. I'm not that's a scumbag for cheating, but like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm right. Okay. That honestly, like that, that is like highlighted a few fucking things from my end. So would you say that you would ever have a monogamous relationship again? Or are you just, Oh yeah. You think you could want to do? If I felt like I could do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah, definitely. I want babies, man. I want babies like now. Like I need, I need kids in our family now. (gasps) Yeah. But like I'm waiting for the right person. That's all like, um, and yeah. And and the right person, the right setup, because again, you know, if you have an open relationship with a baby, that's a whole thing as well. Oh yeah. I know loads of people that have done that as well. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm not against monogamy. It's just for me, it's just, 
the right setting for the right time you know right now i'm i'm you know single and very much want to be because i'm you know in i'm trying to be as cliche as it sounds i said before the call i'm trying to be in a relationship with myself right now and like yes. um people that i love I'm like, yeah. yeah exactly and i'm trying to love myself first because then the people that i love around me you know get a better version of me and yeah um, yeah now and they'll feel it 100 percent. so like talk to me a bit more about like being single in lockdown and and like how mm. you're like how, how are you navigating through that? Like, are you like meeting people? Are you still kind of like on apps? Like what sort of apps have you used? Like as yeah. a single dude, cause like I've got a lot of people like wanting to come on the podcast uh, that are girls and they're like, oh, I really just want to know about what guys are doing right now. Cause all we do right. is talk to women and we have no insight as to like how men are dealing with dating or fucking or fucking in the woods. Like even Jermaine and fucking twos, like, we were like talking about it. Like, how do you how do you fuck now? Like how do you handle like not having you know guys who love sex like you? Like I'm a fucking right, dude. Yeah. All I think about is sex. Like standard, like typical thing. Um, yeah. How are you navigating that right now? Well, I I've I've not got the answer you want. I've got a really boring answer here. So I, my <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually celibate now. No, I. Uh, so my relationship kind of um, came to it. Well, I wouldn't say an end, but it changed um, very recently. Um, and before that it was, um, it was an open relationship and we were basically, you know, just the two of us in lockdown. So we had it, you know, pretty good. Um, yeah. we spent a lot of time together and we're still, we're still kind of, um, connected and, uh, you know, we hang out every now and then, and I guess that's how I get my kicks. Uh, but apart from that, I, I'm not having sex elsewhere. Um, but for me, that's like a kind of a challenge as well, because a part of the sex addiction, you know, all ties into that. So I'm kind yeah. of getting as much of a kick out of you know, seeing how long I can go without that stuff. And, you know, uh, so yeah, very boring answer, not what you wanted. But I no. know about, um, you know, there are guys, there are guys that I know that, are, you know, on apps and stuff. Yeah. And it seems to be now, around now, the, the, the thing is kind of, uh, the weight is lifting a bit. And I think people are starting to meet up, unfortunately, yeah. at least the guys I know. Um, I know yeah. we're not supposed to say that as, you know, I, podcasters on, yeah <laughs> I mean we're all saying it I'm just like it was my birthday party had a little party little, 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 little party do you know what yeah, I mean like yeah, no one yeah. it's it's getting to the point now especially in London um for the American listeners out there like that you know we've been given a date and people are starting to lose their shit yeah you know yeah, and yeah. um festival sold out and everyone oh, thinks it's gonna go back to normal are you going are you going I'm not going, but my my agent in music is like, yeah, none of us think this is going to happen, but we've got a book for it anyway. <laughs> so yeah, we're right. Like, we're all working towards these dates that no one really believes are going to happen. But um, yeah, there's whole there's all kinds of conspiracies going on with that about um, share prices and it's they, uh, whatever. I won't get into that. No, no, I'm interested. Work. I'm interested. So like, okay, talk about music industry because I've dated yeah. a few guys in the music industry. Did okay. you find it? You that like... was some venom in your voice there. I, I'm used to that. <laughs> yeah, I've dated some cunts from the music industry. You're literally all fucking cunts. <laughs> they are all dickheads. Uh, no, not all of them. I mean, I have dated a few sweet guys, but um, yeah. I mean, obviously it's difficult with the touring and all that sort of situation. Like it's, it ended up being a very long distance relationship for me. Um, and I, you know, I, I need my person around me. That's just me. That's what I've discovered recently. That I'm a little bit more needy than I would like to, to think, um, especially being like the type of person, like the bravado that comes across, you know, I'm in lockdown, have kind of become this cuddly, fluffy, irritating version of myself. And <laughs> I think it will fucking hopefully change as soon as things start to open up. But um. So how did you find that dating as a musician? Did you use that a lot as like a thing? Like, did you meet like the, the types of girls? I think I can imagine that you would want to meet that were cool, a little bit less jealous, just down for the fun. Did you have that type of lifestyle uh, once upon a time? <laughs> I, uh, I used to pride myself on saying that I never got laid because I was in a band. 
Right. Um, and by that, I just meant like I didn't shag groupies or like anything like that, um, which I didn't. Uh, it's been a long time since we've had any sort of attention like that. I'll, I'll put that out there as well. Um, yeah, the, the heyday is very much in my past. Uh, but um, yeah, I, but as I've kind of uh, sort of grown up a bit, I guess, and I talk, I talk a lot more, I communicate a lot more with people that, you know, I, that I might get with. Um, I've realized that the band thing was a factor and always always was a factor because um, it's all over my Instagram, you know, like, and it's very much part of my identity, um, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I wouldn't say I ever used it, but I think I accidentally <laughs> may like benefited from it. Um, but yeah, I just think that's a, that's the case with any anyone in a creative field. Like I think mm. being creative in today's, you know, day and age um, is, is quite... Uh, I'm not saying this for myself at all because I I sort of very much turned it into a job quite early on. Like you know, I didn't I, I wasn't very artistic. <laughs> I was just like I'm make the most money out of this. Yeah, um, right. But like I think it's quite it's quite a valiant thing to be creative in this day and age because there's no fucking money for it and no one cares. You know, you, no one. The world doesn't need any more bands. The world doesn't need or any more podcasters. Podcast. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Podcast. No. Oh. If, if anyone wants to one. literally if anyone wants to like learn about me or know me i'm just listen to this fucking podcast then you can come back to me and talk to me afterwards do you not find that as well <laughs> there's a thing so actually i'm, I'm derailing this do you not find that like no. when if you're talking maybe you haven't been on dating apps for a while but whenever i'm talking to someone on dating apps and they ask me like oh so you know tell me about yourself i'm really tempted to just be like can you just go like listen, listen to the podcast because <laughs> i can't be bothered literally like, the story again honestly do it because i swear to god people do learn a fuckload about not just you but like who you like who you want to talk to like people who like you like identify with and like yeah. the chats you want to have i think it's just so fucking that's why we go on dates right we go just on just the yeah. link of your podcast just like just come back we to go on later. dates to ask each other like inane questions to try and understand like our deep yeah. psyche right but like yeah. or, or you could just not go on a date with me and you could just like do go about your daily business and just stick a podcast on the corner and hear me talk about fucking i don't know anal, anal. see my thoughts ah! on that <laughs> that literally jinx you out yeah <laughs> okay um, let's talk about anal I'm doing it I'm doing it you want to talk about anal have you ever been pegged in the arsehole I haven't I haven't <gasps> I'm waiting this is my this is my one romantic thing I'm waiting for the right girl to peg me in the arse <laughs> I'm so ready like I, I want to are you really oh, yeah shit. it all comes down ears, to Jamie. it all comes down to um, the kind of attitude they have Right. Um, so I, I, the closest I got was um, I, I dated a lesbian. She'd been a lesbian for years and years and years, and um, we were we were seeing each other. And I was like, if anyone's going to peg me, it should be her because she's got like experience with a strap on. <laughs> do you know what I mean? She knows what she's doing. But um, it didn't work out, so it never happened. Oh. Um, but yeah, so that's the closest I've been. But I just think like I've been with a few girls that have like asked me many times, but they kind of say it in like a sort of. Um, apologetic way Dom no 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 the opposite in like a kind of dominant way like and i feel like they'd have something over me if they did it <laughs> so as a like a more dominant male i'm kind of like no i need to find the right mix of like dom stuff for someone to fuck me in the ass um, oh my so god i'm sorry but i really want to be oh, do you think that would be your one thing so i really wanted to ask you the one sexual thing that you haven't done that you really really want to fucking do is it pegging it's probably up there yeah it's probably in the top three give me give me give me a, give me a few more Give me a few more things, things that you haven't done. That I haven't done. Yeah, oh, that you'd God. love to fucking do. Mine wait, are more like mine are the like. Fig- down. Wait, wait. Okay, yeah, do that. I'll just talk. <laughs> mine are um, mine are sort of uh, less physical acts, I guess, more like mental things. But like, Ooh, okay. I really want to. I've got this thing that I've that's been building up in me for a while. Uh, <laughs> recommendation kink is what I've been calling it, where I really want to get with a girl and like her to have so much fun that she like 
lends me to a friend, like recommends me to a friend, like you have to try this. That's my big thing. <laughs> Is that a thing? Why are you I've laughing? Never, I've Don't never heard of that me. recommendation. I'm not no, shaming. it's definitely not a thing. I'm I've like, come up with that term. <laughs> what the fuck? This sounds fun. Like 10 out of 10 TripAdvisor. Let's fucking go for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, my uh, wow. my Tinder bio before I got banned. I've been banned from Tinder. My Tinder bio, um, I got banned because I was promoting the podcast. It's nothing interesting. Oh shit, that's annoying. Um, yeah, I got banned from Tinder. Before then, it was um, it was date reviews. I had uh, people that I'd been on date with review me, uh, like a like, like TripAdvisor, and I was really wanting to like up it to sex. Like, oh, sex that's reviews. so. You know what? Right, that that could be a kink for a lot of guys. I think having a general consensus and like almost like I think this is what I was speaking to one of my gay friends about the other day. Having yeah. gruff and grinder and these types of dating apps where you can go and fuck and it'd be nothing else if we had those as a straight people which we don't fucking have even tinder nowadays people they get feelings or there's got to be some sort of like (sighs) code of conduct i feel like if you could do that and use like that kind of rating review oh like refer a friend thing that would fucking be sick right that is honestly Yes. I mean, I guess the scary part, if we forget like the scary, you know, people would hack the system and get fake, you know, like Amazon reviews. Yeah, you can oh buy God, Amazon, can I guess. Yeah, ignore that. Ignore that. Imagine <laughs> it just works perfectly well. Yeah, how good would that be? Like, you know, you, you're checking out this guy, like, yeah, he looks hot, but he looks like a bit of a twat. Uh, probably something that you know gets said about me a fair amount I look definitely like a twat on paper I'm definitely nicer in person than I am on my pictures um, but like all the reviews are like you know clean room very nice it smelled very nice uh, you know there were wet wipes to hand um, you know didn't have to meet his housemates on the way in literally water uh, bottle when you left do you know what yeah, I mean yeah exactly Great, oh, 10 out of 10 like dick. a little Uber like, package, <laughs> literally. like water bottle wet wipe yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and then it could be like you know going go into more detail like how long did he go down on you for you know how long did he take to come and all this stuff like it could be cool i'll play that game oh i'd fucking play that game okay right moving on this is another thing i wanted to ask you so i always ask people's blowjob techniques i'm obviously not gonna ask you your blowjob technique <laughs> no ask me why not you're, you're go- no, okay, like what, okay first of all we do going down on a girl's techniques because lots oh, okay. of girls want to ask this for guys and they never have the fucking chance go for it jamie oh, okay. this is your fucking Wait, so me, shine. So my advice for going down on girls or my yeah like, what, what do you do what what's your technique please don't say the abc the one two three oh no no uh, no i um so technique again it's again i'm going away from the physical and into the mental the way i want to have my dick sucked is with like with gusto <laughs> with, Literally, with, I was like, say with eagerness. eagerness yeah eagerness yeah it has yeah. to look like the best thing you could possibly do that day and yes. and i think like and when i'm going down on a girl it's not it's not the best thing it's not the best thing by far in a day but you have to like pretend like it is like you just you act like it right yes it fucking is to some guys I mean, some guys yeah, some fucking guys, okay, love it to me yeah yeah totally some guys hate it some guys love it some guys absolutely detest it and will never do it but i, I think you need, to, you need to be somewhere in the middle i i'm on the like i i like giving pleasure um i like making girls come that's definitely my thing but like mm. um yeah going down on girls isn't my most favorite thing to do but you act why? like it is why like, why uh i'm just not a fan of like the taste or smell really but then you just had the wrong girl this is what i was yeah, thinking summer, about someone yeah, with yeah. cum the other day they're like uh cum cum smells funny i think it was even you we had a conversation about cum didn't yeah we? about it's guys uh licking their own cum yeah <sighs> we had a conversation about that on uh, let's talk about sex jamie the podcast which you still go check out <laughs> you will i'm gonna give you that moment at the end don't you fucking worry What's wrong? <laughs> we've got 15 minutes left i've got an hour an hour with you babe <laughs> all right um all right. so yeah okay quickly blowjob technique what would you want uh well exact same thing i think uh with with enthusiasm 
pretend like it's the greatest thing that's happened. Okay, sorry. Admit that it's the greatest thing that's happened <laughs> to you all day, and do it with Little yeah. Finger in the don't be, don't be. Yeah, yeah, that's good too. You know, right. but don't don't be like don't hold back. Like you know, don't be shy. Um, I think yeah, be super enthusiastic. Um, also don't make don't maintain constant eye contact. Like make it a make it a flourish rather than a thing. You know. Okay. Have you ever had like give me give me your worst blowjob story? We're going to use this as a stripper story for today. Before I fucking let you go, uh, what is your worst ever blowjob story you've had? My worst blowjob story. Oh, I feel really bad because I don't like. <laughs> I don't. Like I mean, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. Okay, the most right. awkward for you, not like the worst technique, but like almost like something happened, like the door went and your dick. Was <laughs> Some fucking shit like that. It doesn't have to be about the girl's technique. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, I had. It wasn't awkward for me at all because. Uh, I guess nothing really phases me now. When you talk, when you talk to people that to girls that have like shat on their boyfriend's dick from anal, nothing really bothers you when you've got a sex podcast. Every but she was mortified. Like she was absolutely mortified. This was a few years ago, and uh, she was going down on me. And um, she she thought that deep throat was like the only thing that guys wanted. Right. Um, I'm not a massive fan of it. Um, I, I like it every now and then. But like, yeah, she thought that was that was what you had to do, and mm. she kept doing it. Um, to the point where she threw up a little bit um, and it came a bit of sick came out and landed on my chest and she was so horrified but I didn't say anything I was like oh it's a thing whatever you know can't you can't shove something in without you know expecting to come out yes and that goes for like ass as well or vagina anything you can't you can't be ramming something in and get angry when something comes out like exactly how it works I've been Um, sick on so many dicks like I fucking feel for her it's fine yeah yeah not a big deal great Um, but she she then like like, slurped it up Fucking 10 out of 10 trip advisor for you, babe. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. She slept it up. And then, and then I was like, um, oh, that was it. And then I came like a, a while after, <laughs> not too that instantly. <laughs> oh yeah, that's my thing. Um, I came, I came the appropriate amount of time afterwards and um, she like rushed off to the toilet, I guess, obviously to like finish throwing up. And then when she came in, I was like, is everything okay? And she was like, yeah, fine. Totally fine. Nothing, nothing weird happened. It's fine. And I was like, are you sure? And then she kind of revealed like, oh my God, did you see? And yeah, and it was a whole thing. And I was like, that, that's crazy. Just like, it's fine. Like, it's just a bit of fluid that I came rate out. Her. Among the other fluids that are everywhere, you know. Literally. Like, I rate her so fucking hard. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Yeah. yeah definitely. Okay, talk about, se- let's talk about sex, JB. So how did that come about? Obviously, you're super open about your sex addiction and you as mm. a human liking sex, being a normal man about town. Like people don't normally, like you said, talk about sex in the male, men, straight men, community. Unfortunately, most of the time, yeah. unfortunately. So, yeah. h- like, how are you finding this, and how did it come about? Tell me a little bit about your podcast, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this came about like way before I realized I had a problem with sex. But um, I, uh, yeah, I actually had a dating app hookup. Uh, this was fucking ages ago. I don't want to reveal how old I am. This was a long time ago. And, I'm old. Um, yeah, and uh, we, yeah, we hooked up, and it was like fine. It was okay. It wasn't the greatest dating app hookup I've ever had. But then uh, we just bit of pillow talk afterwards and we ended up chatting for like six hours like into the wee hours um about all of the things that she was into with sex so i i'm pretty vanilla i i always go on about how i'm madagascan vanilla like i'm super vanilla but like i'm quite good at vanilla so i think i'm like just slightly above vanilla but i'm not really kinky in the slightest and people think that with a sex podcast it's like oh he's into like bdsm and peggy and all this stuff um and i'm not necessarily uh, although I have just revealed that I'm into pegging on your I was podcast. Say, was mm. yeah. I'm not sure I've actually said that out loud before, but there we go. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and uh, I was just having loads of fun listening to her talk to me about these things. And we ended up being best friends and she's one of my best friends now to this day. And this was a long time ago. Um, and she just tells me all these stories about like the sex party she'd go to and like, you know, swinging and bukkake she was into and all this stuff. 
um, super cool stuff. And I was like, this is the kind of conversation because I've, I've always been into sex and I've watched like Vice documentaries and Channel 4 documentaries of like swinging parties. And it's, and you know, here's what these weirdos do over that side of the fence. That's what it always kind of felt like. And when you hear your mate talking about it and we'd meet up all the time and she'd tell me about her latest adventures, it was just super fun and like made everything seem less scary. And I kind of realized that I was becoming, I was coming out of my show a little bit in my sex life because of these conversations. So we did the thing where you're like, oh my God, we should start a podcast. And um, I was like, yeah, we're going to do it. And then she got a job as a CEO for a charity and uh, she can't make sex podcasts when you're, when you're that important. So I was yeah. like, well, fuck it. I'll do it on my own. Um, so I started collecting stories for about three years. I was recording people um, because the last thing I wanted in my life was another deadline <laughs> coming yeah. from like, I work in video games and I worked in music before then and it's all deadline, you know, there's big projects happening. Um, and I was like, I don't want that. So I'm going to collect all these stories. Um, and I did for three years and then, well, how long ago? I don't know, like just over a year ago now I started releasing them as episodes and yeah, it's all about, you know, sex, love relationships, basically every, to be honest, everything we've just spoken about is, is what is on the podcast. Like yeah. we totally have the same vibe. Um, mm. and yeah, and, it, and it, it sort of inevitably starts being about mental health. Uh, because that's so intrinsically tied to our sex lives, um, which I love because mental health is one of my favorite things to talk about. Like I said, I've had weekly counseling for three and a half years. I had shitloads before then. Um, I'm a massive advocate for counseling and, you know, seeking help um, for, even if you feel like you don't need help, I feel like everybody needs a bit of help and everybody needs to talk through things because the world is a fucking awful place and our mm. brains are even worse. So um, we can conquer these things. Um, so yeah, what am I going on about? Your that's podcast. it, that's podcast. <laughs> So where can we people find you if they wanted to listen to your fucking fabulous um, voice? On, on uh, you've never listened to it. On, uh, oh, fucking hell, shut the fuck up. Yes, I fucking am. <laughs> fucking one yeah. of my staples, you are. When you called, right, for, for your listeners, here we go. When when Chloe called me before this, or sent me a voice yeah. note before this, she was like, yeah, let's talk about this thing that you do. And I was like, that's not a thing that I do. You think I'm someone else? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. It was on your fucking Instagram. I was like, bare, bare dating. You're like, didn't even know that was there. I was like, hun. Hun, I yeah, tried to yeah. research into my people beforehand <laughs> and I was like trying to find all this sneaky shit about you that you, you know, we couldn't talk about or didn't want to talk about. Right, yeah. But yeah, um, so but yeah. Secrets. I'm the worst person to research on because I'll just really? talk about everything. I love yeah. that. I love that. But yeah, um, so that's the podcast and you can find us on Instagram at Let's Talk About Sex Jamie and Spotify and all those things. Everywhere you listen to, everywhere they listen to your podcast, they can also listen to mine, you know, afterwards and we should like tag team it. Sync it up. Um, yeah, just like, yeah. yeah. Gang bang it. Gang bang it. <laughs> yeah, For real. Yeah. Peg it. Oh, Peg it. what, what Peg day? It, I mean, yeah. If you need anyone, if you need any help, or if you ever just want to just a little tip, you know where I am. Just I, I think it's think, right? Let's quickly go on. Right? This is where we'll end, right? I would be open to you pegging me, but you seem like you would fucking love it. Like, as in, like, you would, you would tell everyone, like, oh, you're that guy from that podcast. Yeah, I pegged him. I thought like, you said you, you wanted to rate, you want the ratings. I'll give you the ratings straight away. <laughs> I'll, before you leave the house, I'll be like, two seconds. Yeah. Let me just rate you on your ability <laughs> to take a strap on. <laughs> yeah, just face down, arse up, yeah. no speaking. No, honestly. If you <laughs> no need, eye contact. No eye contact ever. Um, <laughs> honestly, if you ever need uh, just a tip, you know, I or just will... some equipment. I've got the equipment. You can loan sure it you out. Do, yeah. Try it out. It's up to you, right. honestly. Right. That would be an interesting episode. Live Jamie's first pegging. We can do it. On, we'll record it. Oh! Clubhouse, clubhouse. We're like, they just yeah. hear all the moaning and groaning. That would be fucking yeah. sick, sick But thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're a babe. Thanks for having me. Oh, I want to do another one. To to you. Like, yeah, literally, I feel like there's not enough time to talk to you about all this shit. And like, especially as a male, I'm yeah. keeping you. I'm keeping you. Oh, 
keeping well, it that's close. the thing. You were saying you so you're saying you've got loads of female listeners, right? That that wanna that wanna ask guys questions. Let's do yeah. that. Like if people yeah. have questions, like I'll come back on or I'll get you back onto mine. Let's do something yeah. because yeah, if if you can't find any guys to talk about it, I'll talk for everyone else. <laughs> I'll talk for them. But like, yeah, there should be there should be. I did a clubhouse last night. Sorry, I know you're trying to get me off. No, I'll no, be no, real no, quick. no, no. We've got time. We've got time. Go I did. Ahead. I did a. I did a clubhouse um, last night with um, some friends, and we the the whole thing was like embarrassing questions for guys to ask girls, and vice versa. Right. And we were asking shit like. Um, when I go in the sea, uh, my dick shrinks because it's cold. Does that happen to your vagina? Turns out it does. <laughs> Turns out vulvas shrink in cold water. I didn't know that. That's crazy. That's super interesting. Um, what was the other thing? Uh, <laughs> what happens to your eggs when you're on the pill? And, and all this stuff. And we had um, someone from uh, Kiara, which is a really cool Instagram account you should follow, Kiara. Um, they, uh, they had this whole thing of like, make your period a ritual. And it's, she's like super up on, um, Olga was super up on like, she's like the queen of vaginas. She knew all this stuff. So we were asking really embarrassing questions. And I think that's really cool because um, it's all stupid questions that we don't think to ask. Like someone asked, um, what do balls feel like? Um, and does pissing feel the same as coming? Like, all this stuff that I don't even think about. So like the more dumb questions we can ask each other in a non-judgmental space, Chloe, which, which is what you've created. She's laughing at me right now. Um, is the better, I think. So yeah, yeah, if you have people that want to ask questions to a guy and you run out of guys to speak to, I'll come on any day. Um, I think speaking to you is like a grenade of energy. So I'm, I'll always come back. And, Honestly, yeah. I, I think that's what we should do next time is that we should do like a crossover episode of like just bonus on our on our channels, on our little channels. That we've got. <laughs> and we should do like, you ask me a question and I'll ask you a question. We should do half an hour of just fucking quick fire. Quick yes. questions. Let's yes. do that. That would right, be we'll fucking do that. sick. There you go. There you yeah. go. Everyone's listening to our planning. All right, we'll do it. Oh, I'll make a list. It. Done, dada. Nice. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. You're the best. I will see you very soon when I pick yes. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, please. Like, no, yes. please. I'm coming over. Guys, the end of that episode was a fucking lot, but I really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we have part two of Jamie's discussion with me. I've had to split this episode into two because it would have been a two and a half hour episode. I know you guys would have fucking loved it and all your holes would have been fucking excreting all of the juices, but I do feel like the Not All Men topic... Um, does really need its space. And to add it on to the end of this one would have almost felt like a second thought. So I am giving it its space and time in a part two dick side episode on Friday. So yeah, please keep your eyes and holes peeled for that one. It really was, I'm not going to say enjoyable to talk about, but I did learn a lot from Jamie as the dick, dick on my podcast um, about his views on things. Um, and he... He, I guess, you know, learned a lot from where I was coming from as a woman speaking about it. I and mean, we did kind of have this kind of heated debate, I would say. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I would urge you guys to, to definitely stay peeled for that one. It's coming out on Friday. But now, without further freaking do, I will say to you bye-bye from Stripper Stories this week. Thank you for tuning in. I have absolutely loved speaking to Jamie. Um, please rate and review and check out his podcast, it is a dream come true. If you're a dude, especially, um, and you want to listen to my dudes talking about dude shit. Also, if you're a woman, I mean, there's, I mean, he's got literally everybody from the fucking kitchen sink to your mama's grandma on his podcast. Um, and yeah, it is a fucking fascinating listen. So yeah, please check him out. Also, please rate review my podcast. <laughs> check me out on YouTube because there is a video of me on there actually speaking in a cat mask. Which I do feel all my fucking holes out there do really need to witness that fitness. So yeah, please rate review on Apple podcasts and check us out on YouTube. It's on stripperstories.com and stripperstories podcast on Instagram. I will see you guys again on Friday. 
Bye, holes. Bye. Bye. Bye.